this morning to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. And we're looking at the life of Timothy right now. And as a way of celebrating Mother's Day, we're going to look into his life and the godly influences that help him be raised as a young man or as a young pastor, as a godly man now that we know of here through Scripture. And we've titled today's message, The Characteristics of a Godly Mother. Would you write that down? The Characteristics of a Godly Mother. Maybe today you're saying, well, I'm not a mother yet. Uh, I, I don't have children. That's something that I'm still praying for that season or for the men. That you would wonder, what are the characteristics of a godly mother? You can also title the message, The Characteristics of Godly Influence. The Characteristics of Godly Influence. Because if there's one thing that we know our mothers have served us in, is generational influence. Generational influence, an influence that transcends, that goes beyond one generation to another generation, passing on and passing down now the faith that starts from the mother, from the home. You know, in Proverbs chapter 31, when it speaks about the virtuous woman, Solomon says this, her children rise up and they call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. That is why today we honor God as we honor our mothers, and we honor their godly influence. You see, there was a, a group of six-year-olds that were in Sunday school on Mother's Day. <laughs> and they were asked, the teacher asked them, well, do you know why God created mothers? Do you guys know why God created mothers? And one of the little boys raises his hand on the back and he says, yeah, I know why God created mothers. Because she's the only one that knows where the scotch tape is. <laughs> you know, that might be funny to you, but it's really funny to me knowing and seeing the relationship between my wife and my son, right? Just being there to serve them at all times. You know, the mother is the, one of the most influential people and role models for the faith and spiritual heritage. A mother can have a great impact and cause now, as she's building her home, a foundation, a spiritual foundation in her home. In fact, they are the leaders, the servants, the teachers that directly influence the future by raising their children. And I really strongly believe that. They are the greatest influencers that me and you know are mothers. In fact, the word influence is such a powerful word. It means this, the capacity to have an effect on the character and on the development or behavior of someone or something or the effect itself. The capacity to affect the character and the development and the behavior of someone else. Influence. And if you really are looking for an influencer or you're looking for an example of what influence is, I suggest and I encourage you to look to your mother. 
It's been said before that, that what is done to children, that children will do to society. And that's why it's so important, the assignment or the role models that we have in our mothers, the influence that we have in our mothers. In Psalms 127, we've read this verse many times. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. Psalms 27 verse 3. Children are a heritage from the Lord. That word heritage, I want you to know what it means. It means children are in assignment from God. Do you notice that? Children are an assignment from God. The fruit of the womb is a reward. They're an assignment from the Lord to the parents. And it says here, like arrows in the hand of a warrior. What does a, a warrior do when he has his arrows in his hand? Well, he looks as an arrow as a weapon. And what he does with that arrow, that warrior, he sharpens carefully that weapon. He, he builds that weapon. He makes that weapon sharp. And he shoots that weapon off to a specific target out. You see how he now, the psalmist would speak about how children are so important to the parents. And as we celebrate Mother's Day, we know their careful attention of sharpening their children in the home to send them out into the world to affect now and to penetrate society with a godly influence. Why? Because their children are in assignment from God. You see, and God's goal for every mother is for them to be godly in character. So that they would have a conduct that honors God. That, that as they're raising up the future generation, that this generational influence would be a godly one. An influence that would last beyond a lifetime. And this is why today in 2 Timothy, we're going to learn through the genuine faith of Timothy... Through the testimony of Timothy, we learn the qualities of a godly mother. You see, because her children now, or Timothy, serves as a reflection of the godly mother that he had. And that's exactly what we're going to read this text. In fact, Timothy was noted to be a faithful servant, a leader, a young pastor of a good reputation. In Acts chapter 16, verse 1 and 2, it says this, then he came to Derby and Lystra. And behold, a certain disciple there named Timothy, the son of a certain Jewish woman who believed. She was a believing mother, notice. But his father was a Greek. What does this tell us? That his mother was a believing woman. She was a woman of the faith. But at that time, his father was an unbeliever. He, he names us as a Greek now. He wasn't given over to the faith. He wasn't a follower. The father was an unbeliever. The mother was a believer. And he was influenced by his mother. We're going to see here in 2 Timothy. He was well spoken of, it says here, by the brethren who were at Lystra and Iconium. You see, Timothy had a good reputation. Why? Because he was built with a rock-solid, genuine faith and loyalty to God. He was built with a rock-solid faith and genuine faith and loyalty to God. But this faith that he was built with began through the faith of his mother and the faith of his grandmother. It began from the faith of his mother and the faith of his grandmother. We're so grateful for our mothers and we're also grateful for our grandmothers that have passed down from one generation to the other the most precious thing that we have and that is our faith. 
And here as he's going to encourage Timothy, Paul encourages Timothy to remain faithful. He's encouraging a young man that was influenced as he was raised in three things. He was influenced to be three things. And I want you to write these down as you take notes. But number one, we see he was influenced in tenderness. In tenderness. Number two, we see that Timothy was influenced in godliness. Not only was he influenced in tenderness by his mother and his, also his grandmother, but he also was influenced in godliness, number two. And number three, he was influenced later on in life in boldness. And there's three things that we need today, especially in the time that we live in, especially in the moment where we celebrate Mother's Day, is that we would occupy, that we would be equipped with tenderness, with godliness, and with boldness. With tenderness, with godliness, and with boldness. Let's go ahead and pray right now. Lord Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for our mothers. We thank you, Lord, for those godly influences that you have given us. But we ask, Lord, that you would teach us what it means to be a godly influence. What it means to be, Lord, an influence in the world that points people to you. That affects the character and the development and the behavior of other people around us with godliness, with tenderness, and with boldness. We praise you for our mothers and we ask that you would continue to give them strength to lead. In Jesus' name. And together we said, from wherever you are, Amen. So let's read here in chapter 1 of 2 Timothy as we're going to be introduced now to Paul's heart for Timothy as he speaks about the tenderness that Timothy was influenced in. It says here, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. So we see that Paul is opening up this letter and he's saying, I'm an ambassador of Jesus Christ. I'm an apostle. I'm one that is sent out. My purpose is an ambassador. One that carries a message, not according to my own will, not according to my own selfish ambition, not because man appointed me, but because God appointed me. And we see here just as a side note that Paul was doing the will of God. Paul was doing what God called him to do. And it reminds us today, this Sunday, this Mother's Day, that everyone has a role to play. Everyone has a calling to fulfill according to the will of God. Everyone has a role to play. And everyone has a calling to fulfill according to the will of God. And he says that his calling was an ambassador to the promise of life. His calling was one to spread the message. His calling was one to preach the message of the promise of eternal life that we have in Jesus. So we see here now that Paul is introducing himself and speaking about his own calling as he addresses young faithful Timothy. Now notice this, God has called you to a specific purpose for you to fulfill, for you to now live in, for you to walk in. The question today is, are you walking in the purposes of God for your life? Are you walking in the will of God for your life? And it says in verse 2, to Timothy, a beloved son, someone that he loved. And he tells him this, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. 
Do you notice that in most epistles that Paul wrote to people, to the churches, even to uh, even pastors, it was only when he wrote to pastors that he wrote the word mercy in there. Specifically, he always wrote grace and peace. But when he wrote to all the pastors, he wrote mercy. And I want you to underline that because it specifically stands out when he speaks to pastors. Mercy now. And I love this because he wants them to receive the mercy of God in their lives. And when he wrote to these young leaders, he was saying, I know that you are in need of mercy in your life so that it can cover all your shortcomings. We all have shortcomings. Fathers have shortcomings. Mothers have shortcomings. Children have shortcomings. And that's exactly why we need not only God's grace and peace, we need God's mercy to cover our shortcomings. But now we see here as he introduces verse 3 and 4, he's going to talk to us about this prayer that he has. And he says this, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience. I'm serving the Lord, not with a, uh, a guilty conscience, not with a sinful conscience. I'm not ashamed, but I'm serving God now with a pure conscience, with a clear and a holy conscience. My conscience is without blame. And he wants to give himself this credibility that before God, he knows he is right. He knows that he is right with the Lord. He knows that he is a right standing with God. And he says here that he's serving like his ancestors did. He's serving Paul himself in a place in where he's serving with all righteousness. And he tells us this in this very verse, as my forefathers did without ceasing, nonstop. I remember you in my prayers night and day. I remember you in my prayers night and day. Now he called him here a, a son in the faith. He looks at Timothy as a son in the faith. And he says, I am praying for you as a parent would be praying for his child night and day. And I want you to know that the greatest thing that you can do when you love someone and even parents, according to their children or upon their children, is to pray for them. To pray for them. And Paul is saying, I pray for you. I, I don't stop. I am nonstop. I am constantly remembering you in my prayers. I don't stop praying for you. He is praying in prison. Notice that. He is sequestered in prison. He is held back in prison. He is held back for the ministry of preaching, but he's not held back for the ministry of praying. If Paul was not preaching in public, he was praying in secret. I want to ask you, what are you doing? As we maybe have been in our homes, have you spent time praying night and day for your children, for those that you love? Because this is exactly how he did ministry in prison. He did it in prayer. It was so amazing to see this Thursday night, as we all came and we, in the parking lot of here, the church building, we prayed and raised our hands and worshiped the Lord and asked God to be able to open the doors for us to meet here again. Do you see how important it is that we live a life of prayer? And he's going to tell us this, I'm praying for you night and day, greatly desiring to see you. Know, you know what he was praying? And this is something that we can relate to here in this verse. He was praying because he wanted to see them. He was praying because he missed them. He was praying because they had been set apart physically. They would, had not been meeting in person. <laughs> Isn't this so timely for us? 
I'm praying because I, I want to see you because we had a part ways now. And I remember now, he's going to tell us here in verse 4, I, I'm being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy. Verse 4, we see the tenderness of Timothy. Now Paul doesn't say, I'm being mindful of my tears. He's saying, I'm being mindful of your tears. What does this tell us about Timothy? Timothy was raised in tenderness. That means that when they parted ways, now Paul and Timothy, that, that Timothy started to cry and started to weep. And, and he missed Paul. And Paul missed Timothy. And he says, I remember now, and I'm mindful of your tears. You see, Timothy was not a man that was proudful, that was, had a hard heart, that, that had a big ego. He was a man with a soft heart. He was a man with a soft heart. Timothy, in fact, had a tenderness about him. I'm mindful of your tears. And it says, in fact, I want to see you again so that I can be filled with joy when we are together again, when we get to fellowship in person again. They had been communicating through letters, but he's saying, I cannot wait till we see each other in person and I can have joy in our fellowship. I cannot wait till we see each other again in person, church. And as this sanctuary is filled with people, and as we're fellowshipping in person, we can have joy once again as we are together. As, as Paul is saying, I'm looking forward to meet faithful Timothy in person again. Do you notice here in verse 4 the tenderness of Timothy now? But we also see not only the tenderness of Timothy, in verse 5 we see the godliness of Timothy. We went from the tenderness, but we also see the godliness of Timothy. He had a soft heart, but he also had a godly character. Where did he get that character from? It tells us this, when I call to remembrance. I, I cannot wait to see you, Timothy, when I remember, when I pray for you. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith. What kind of faith did Timothy have? This young man, this son. A son to Paul, a spiritual son to Paul. A son to his own parents. He had a, a genuine faith. This word genuine. And I would like for you to write this down in your Bible as a student of God's word. It said he would have a sincere faith. An unhypocritical faith. An authentic faith. He had a real faith. And notice what he says in verse 5. When I call to remembrance the real, the authentic, the unhypocritical faith that is in you. What kind of faith is in you? I love that. The faith that is in you. I'm remembering the faith that is in you. It is a real and honest faith. This faith is unhypocritical. This faith is a faith that is fully trusting the Lord. He is recognizing for being a man of faith. Men of faith. Women of faith. A young generation of faith that was being raised up here. Do you see that? But where did that faith come from? Where it tells us here in verse 5, that genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Wow. Now, do you see how he was, Timothy was influenced? I, I'm remembering, Paul is saying, your genuine faith, your real faith, but that faith first dwelt now, that very same type of faith first was in your grandmother Lois 
and in your mother Eunice. And I am fully convinced that that faith that was in them, that real faith that was in them, continues strong in you. Now this lets us know that Paul knew Timothy's grandmother, and he also knew Timothy's mother. In fact, he maybe saw Timothy being raised up. He says, I remember your grandmother. And I also remember your mother, and I remember the faith that they had was real. And the faith that they had, you possess, I'm persuaded that you have the same type of caliber faith that they had as well. In fact, notice his mother's name is Eunice. Now the word Eunice, or that name Eunice, is a very unique name. In fact, it means unique. That's what the name is originally, Eunice, unique. And it, it, we would... We would automatically assume that what it means is unique, but, but it, on the contrary, what it means is one who conquers well. Unique, right? Units. One who conquers well. Or it means one who had a good victory. And Eunice here in 2 Timothy chapter 1 is recognized as a mother with a good victory. <laughs> and I want to celebrate all the mothers there that are maybe watching right now. A mother with a good victory. Why did Eunice have a good victory? She had a good victory because she was able to pass on her faith into her son and that same faith was recognized in Timothy and we see here a generational faith. A generational faith. Now what, what does this mean here? It means that, that Lois and Eunice were serious about their commitment with the Lord, about their faith in the Lord. Therefore, also, they raised up young Timothy. And Timothy was serious about his commitment now to the Lord as well. But it was first because it dwelt in them. What does this tell us? That it was his mother and his grandmother that were laying out a spiritual foundation. You see how important it is for our mothers to lay out, for our parents to lay, for us as parents to lay a spiritual foundation if we want to influence our children? Do you see how important it is for those of head of household to lay out a spiritual foundation to be able to set up our children for a generational influence or a generational style of faith that would be deposited in them and they would carry that on as well? And maybe today you say, well, I don't have children. What it is also your responsibility to lay out a spiritual foundation to give others now a godly influence for them to now be developed now in character and in behavior according to Christ. But notice that it said that it dwelt in them first. Because you cannot pass anything to anyone that you do not have yourself. And I want you to realize that that they would have never been able to pass this on to Timothy if they themselves did not have that faith. And it was his faith at this moment. It was his faith. It was his testimony now. It was the faith that he had now. It was the testimony of his own faith that gave now a testimony to the faith of his mother. In fact, his faith was a testament of the faith of his mother. Do you see how his faith here was a reflection of his mother now? And I want to just encourage you, if you want to influence people, influence them by showing them that your faith is real. Influence them by showing them that your faith is real. Do you have a real faith? 
Because the grandmother and the mother here showed them, I have a real faith. And now they influenced Timothy by demonstrating to them or by showing him a real faith. By showing him a real faith. I'm going to quickly give you just seven qualities of a godly influence or seven qualities of a godly mother right now. And I want you to write them down because these are so powerful. The seven qualities of a godly influence or of a godly mother. Number one, a godly mother is rooted and grounded in the word of God in prayer to maintain a godly life and home. A godly mother is rooted and grounded in the word of God and in prayer to maintain a godly life and a godly home. She must herself, that influence, she must influence, now be influenced by the Word of God to influence her children in the Word of God. Rooted and grounded in the Word of God and prayer to maintain a godly life and a godly home. Number two, a godly mother will not seek to compare herself to anyone or anywhere else but to the Word of God. A godly mother will not seek to compare herself to anyone or to anywhere else but the Word of God. You see, today there is a temptation where mothers seek, well, look at that mother, what the, she's doing with her kids. She's probably a good mom. I'm not a good mom. And moms start to compare themselves and they start to, to strive or feel bad or feel a guilt and a shame. But no, a godly mother does not going to seek to compare herself to other mothers, but she will compare herself or align herself, contrast herself only to the Word of God. Not compare herself to anyone else or to anything else. Number three, a godly mother will receive, notice this, will receive the forgiveness from the cross of Christ for herself and extend it to others. A godly mother will receive the forgiveness from the cross of Christ for herself and extend it to others. There's a lot of times that mothers say, well, you know what? I'm carrying the burden of unforgiveness in my own life. And maybe, yes, they've received the, the forgiveness from the Lord, but they have not forgiven themselves for something that God already covered by His grace and His blood. And that is not something that God's called you to do, but a godly mother, it tells us that he, she will receive the forgiveness of the cross of Christ for herself, and she's ready to forgive others. It's so important that we realize that. Number five, a godly mother would lead her family not in fear, not in fear, but trusting God for every need of her life. A godly mother will not lead her family in fear, but trusting in God for every need of her life. It's so important because right now it's so easy for us together, even for mothers, to be able to lead in fear. But no, a godly influence is always going to seek to trust God for every need of our lives, specifically for the needs of our children. Number five, let me share this with you. A godly mother will find contentment and sufficiency. This is important. A godly mother will find contentment and sufficiency in the grace of God and in the joy of the Lord. <laughs> You see, a godly mother is not going to look for contentment and sufficiency anywhere else but in the grace of God and in the joy of the Lord. Why is this important, mothers? Because you cannot glorify God if you're living in discontentment. And this goes for everyone. You cannot glorify God 
when you're living in discontentment. Therefore, a godly influence will find contentment and sufficiency in the grace of God and in the joy of the Lord. The sixth now quality of a godly influence is that a godly mother will lead her family not uh, trusting the Lord. Yes, we spoke about that. And finally, a godly mother seeks to invest and to pass down her faith and spiritual heritage to her children over anything else. A godly mother seeks to invest and to pass down her faith and her spiritual heritage to her children over anything else. And this is exactly what Lewis and Eunice did. They passed down their faith. They passed down their spiritual heritage. And what it tells us, the Bible, that, that Timothy carried now this faith and he grew up in it. He carefully followed everything that he had learned. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6, Paul tells Timothy, If you instruct the brethren in these things, you shall be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished in the words of faith and in the good doctrine which you have carefully followed. What did he do? He carefully followed everything that he had learned. But he was growing up in the faith to be used for the faith. Do you see that how amazing it was that Timothy was able to grow up in the faith? so that he can be used for the faith or in the faith. And that takes us to our very final and last point, the boldness that Timothy was influenced. He was influenced in tenderness. He was influenced in godliness. But he was also influenced in boldness. Verse 6. And look what it tells us. Therefore, having been said that, after recalling now your spiritual foundation that you received, after knowing that you received a spiritual foundation, this is the encouragement or this is the boldness or the influence that Timothy is led in. I remind you to stir up the gift of God. And this goes for all of us. Regardless of the place you find yourself in. Paul is telling Timothy, I want to remind you to stir up the gift that God has given you, which is through you, through the laying on of the hands. He's saying, we already prayed for you, Timothy. We laid our hands on you, we confirmed, and we affirmed now the gift that was on you, the calling that was on you. But now after recalling the spiritual foundation that you received, Timothy, it is time for you to stir up the gift that God has given you. Now what does it mean to stir up the gift? It means to stir, means to rekindle now. Stir means to fan into flames now. Have you ever seen a fire that is being built and, and you fan that fire, the fire starts to build up. And he's saying, I want you to fan that spiritual gift that we already recognized and we already affirmed in your life. We want you to fan that fire. We want you to keep the fire alive. Would you remember that today? Maybe God is calling you to have that gift that you possess. Maybe the gift that you've had. And he's saying, fan that gift. Keep that fire alive. Don't let that fire get dim. Do not let that fire die. Fan that gift into, fan that now spiritual gift into flame that is given you by God. You see, because it's not only about having gifts. It's not only about having gifts. It's also about steering the gifts for service. It's not only about possessing gifts, because there's a lot of us that maybe have gifts, but are not using the gifts. And here he's going to encourage them to be bold and to stir the gifts that he has for service. Stir them, keep 
the, the flame alive now. And you understand this now because he's told Timothy, Timothy, I know you have tenderness and I know you have godliness. So tenderness and godliness gives you a reason for boldness. Do you see that? That the tenderness and the godliness gave him a reason for boldness. You see, you can be tender and you can be bold at the same time through godliness. And these are the qualities that Timothy was raised in now. And Timothy had a, a shepherd heart, a tender heart already now for these people and to take care of the sheep. But, but what Paul wanted uh, Timothy to develop, he wanted to, him to develop a, the boldness that was necessary to really lead and protect the flock. You know what's needed for us today is boldness. Boldness today. Maybe we're fearful or afraid. But here now he's going to remind him, the seeds that have been sown in you by your mother and by your grandmother, the seeds that have been sown in you later should grow into a life of bold and effective witness. And I want to encourage you, church, the seeds of the Word of God that have been now deposited and sown in your life are to give to effect to a bold and to effective witness. You see how he's talking about these gifts? He's telling them... Timothy, I want you to discover the gift. I want you to develop the gift. And I want you to deploy the gift and use it. <laughs> would you remember that? That I would discover, that I would develop, and I would deploy my spiritual gift. That I would be now diligent about my work for Christ, and I wouldn't slacken my pace in the spiritual race. I wouldn't get comfortable now, but I would make a constant effort to exercise the gift. Because God has given you everything that you need to use the gift that you have. Every resource available for every trial and every threat and every season. And we look at it and we see it in verse 7. The boldness. How am I going to be bold? Well, you're not bold in your own insecurities. You're bold now in what God has given you. Not in what He hasn't given you. In what He has given you. What has God given us? Verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. God did not give you a spirit of fear. What does that mean? God did not give you His Holy Spirit. That's the Spirit that is speaking about. God's Holy Spirit or the equipping of the Holy Spirit, it's not one that equips you with fear. Because the Spirit that it speaks about is that the very presence of God. And it's saying the presence of God is not one that equips you with fear. So automatically in verse 7, we know here, that he's reminding him that boldness is remembering that fear is not from God. So maybe you're in your house right now and you have to be reminded, you know what, this fear that is overcoming, that is maybe overshadowing me, that is crippling my peace and, and paralyzing my joy now, this fear is not from God, this is not from the Holy Spirit. I know that He did not give me this. Fear is not from God. Realize that. Realize that. That we, we don't lead people from the rear with fear, from the back with fear, but from the front with grace. Do you notice that? God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. What did He give you? But He's given us now a spirit of, well, number one, power. His Holy Spirit is to empower. Not to equip you with fear, but to empower. Empower you to do what? Empower you now to be supported by the hands of God. Empower you to use your gifts. 
empowered you to exercise boldness now and empowerment now through the Holy Spirit. Power and of love. Now, what does the Spirit give you? Power, number one. Number two, love. Number two, He empowers you to love, to serve other people, to serve God, to have a heart of tenderness now that Timothy possessed. God gave you a spirit of power. God gave you a spirit of love, empowered you to love. But also He gave you a spirit here of a sound mind. What does sound mind mean? God has given us a spirit of boldness. And boldness you exercise through the power of the Holy Spirit. Boldness you exercise it through love. But boldness you also exercise it through a sound mind or through self-discipline. The sound mind means self-discipline or it means self-control. It means a mind that is properly prioritized. Sound mind. It talks about the mind. In fact, this word, sound mind, it talks about it in its original form. What it means, it's, it's the idea of a calm mind, of a self-controlled mind, in contrast to a mind that is panicking. In contrast to a mind that is always confused and rushes in every fearful situation. See, there are times in us when we are rushing into fearful situations. We're panicking, we're confused now. That is not the mind that God has given you. That is a mind that is being controlled by fear. But God has not given you that mind. God's given you a mind that is a sound mind. It's the Spirit of God that has given you a, a, the spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Now, why is he telling this to Timothy? Because Timothy needed some boldness. He needed to be inspired into boldness again. And he needed to be, he needed to be reminded to learn to not accept what was not from God. What is not from God? We learn today that what is not from God is fear. But he also needed to learn to accept and to receive and to walk in what was from God. And that was power, love, and sound mind. You see, these are so important as we learn these today that, that Paul was teaching Timothy. Paul was reminding Timothy one thing, his spiritual foundation. His mother and his grandmother had laid out a spiritual foundation for him. A spiritual foundation for him to learn to grow in. And now what he's doing here, he's reminding him, do you remember, Timothy, that you have been influenced with a heart of tenderness? That you have been influenced with a heart of godliness? That you have been influenced now, and I would remind you to exercise a heart with boldness. Because God has not given you a spirit of fear. And today as we come to the table of communion, we thank God for the godly influences that we have around us. We thank God for mothers like Lois, grandmothers like Lois, and, and even mothers like Eunice, who laid out a spiritual foundation so that her children, for their children to be raised on. What kind of godly influences are you laying? What kind of foundation are you laying now? For other people to stand on. And regardless of whether you have children or not, maybe what kind of godly foundation are you, are you laying for your non-believing now family members and friends to stand on? Are they standing on a godly foundation? Where they can learn the tenderness, where they can learn the godliness, and where they can see the boldness from you, and it can be passed on now from generation to generation because it comes from godly influence. You see, you cannot stand on something that's not strong. And the only reason that Timothy was able to stand on a strong faith, 
was because his grandmother and those before him, his mother, had a strong faith. Can we thank God that he's given us a way to have a strong faith? Can we thank God that he's given us a, a way to receive forgiveness so that we can exercise boldness and we can exercise and use these spiritual gifts this way? We're going to pray right now. We're going to sing this song. As we gather the elements of communion, and we ask the Lord, Lord, this Mother's Day, we want you to take us back to the cross. We want you to take us back to the place, Lord, where we learn forgiveness, where we learn mercy, where you've covered all our shortcomings, God. And that you would allow us to appreciate, Lord, the places that we're in in life, Lord, and that we would stand on godly influence, but that we would not stand until we first have knelt at the cross. We thank you because you have covered us with your blood. And we receive you as our Redeemer, as our Savior. And we ask the Lord to come in. And to be able to change our lives for boldness. To change our life for tenderness. And to change our lives for godliness. We're going to sing this song. And as we do, I, I encourage you to just grab those elements. And be ready to join in communion together with us.